and welcome to The Worst Thing I've Ever Watched. I'm Colleen. And I'm Helen. And we are sisters who love bad TV, and we're here to share that passion with you. Every week, we are going to break down and laugh our way through an analysis of a horrible TV program, documentary, movie, what have you. We are going to watch it, and then we're going to relive the trauma of viewing it right here. This one was particularly traumatic (laughs) for me. This one was painful at times. Within the first 20 minutes, I thought to myself, this is so fucking boring. (laughs) My mom would love it. Yeah, that's what (laughs) I'm thinking too. Um, For everyone listening, this lovely program uh, was made in 2012 and it's available on Tubi TV uh, for free. Or YouTube. Oh yeah, it's also on YouTube. It's called Wartime Farm. It does not specify which war, but it is World War II. Right. They do have, it is important to note, I think that while they have Wartime Farm, which is set in World War II, they also have others in the series. Yes. And they have like Tudor Farm. Tudor, no, it's called (laughs) Tudor Monastery Farm. Even more weirdly yeah. specific. I think there's Edwardian Farm and Victorian mm-hmm. Farm, maybe. That sounds about right. And there's like a Christmas special. There's like Wartime Farm Christmas and I think Tudor Farm Christmas. Or so, I don't know. But basically it's two British archaeologists, Alex and Peter, and a historian named Ruth. And they're just very average British nerds I mean there's really nothing charismatic or remarkable about any of them no they seem like people our mom is a historian and they seem like people that our mom would have like worked with at one of her old jobs when she worked at that like heritage village where people would dress up in like in the historical garb and then they just like garden they (laughs) give these people give or it's I I don't know if it's safe or fair to say these people, but the situation really gives me Renaissance Fair vibes. Yeah, it's sort of like a Renaissance Fair type of person, or like a um, Colonial Williamsburg type of person. Like very much. Those are the those are the people that. Uh, those are like the American counterparts to these British people. And yeah. This- But it's safe to say, so like when it said, when it first introduced the three of them, I was like, oh, wow, two guys and a girl and they're living on this farm for like a year. They're totally going to have a three way. And then it showed the three of them. And I was like, no, they are absolutely not. No, they have maybe had sex like once in there. None of those people are. (laughs) They're not exploring anything except history and anthropology yeah they're they're not exploring each other's bodies they're exploring uh making 1939 accurate farm equipment just just for shits and gig just for shits and gigs purely for this show (laughs) yeah that's just what they're doing but essentially it's three british historians pretending that they're living between the years of 1939 to 1945 just for fun or for education. I don't really know what the purpose is, but they're doing this for a year and then they make an eight episode 
show about it. Right, that chronicles their journey. So basically, the kind of specific goal of this one, or like the specific theory or whatever that they're setting out to sort of base their experiment upon is the sort of countryside farming revolution that happened in England during World War II because so much of their crops and food, et cetera, was imported. And as soon as the war started, the Nazis were like, ha, you're not getting your freaking bananas, England. Get the fuck out. And so England was like, we must rally the countryside. We must grow our own crops and we must sustain ourselves. And so the three of them are basically seeking out to convert this farm into like through the process that they would go through to make this happen in that actual historical time. Yes. For nothing other than shits and giggles. They're like theoretically trying to grow enough crops so that they can self-sustain until the war ends in 1945 and not starve. But through the process of this episode, they like almost fail at like everything. So in reality, they (laughs) would Like this farm would have died probably because their inventions don't really work out very well, but they still have to like pretend their way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're on this farm. They're calling it Manor Farm. And I don't really know if that's the real name of it, but it's near Southampton for anyone who is wondering where this is geographically in England. And some random old British man gives them the keys to the farm when they arrive with a dog named Henry. And I don't know whose dog this is, but they just have a random border collie named Henry. It's not specified star. whose dog Henry is. I think that show. it might be Peter's just because it seems like it's always with Peter. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But the, he, Henry really, he he steals the show. He's yes. the most charismatic and attractive one out of everybody. But yeah, I don't know who this old man is who hands them this farm, but they really don't have to do very much to this farm to make it look old. It's like basically already from 19. I wonder if it's like a historical house, like if it really hasn't been touched because so they get there, they're like, welcome to the house. And there's nothing in the house at all. Like there's a table. I don't know if this guy cleared it out or what, But then he shows them around a little bit and they're like, they find some old records and like this old abandoned dance hall. That that part was pretty cool, but they didn't spend much time in there. So that would have been cool to learn about the events people actually had back then when they did fun things and not just when they were trying to drain fields of water. Like (laughs) it would have been more exciting to learn about the culture of the times I thought that they were showing us that because they were gonna like renovate the dance hall or whatever as part of like yes, that would have been LARPing more... because another <laughs> like very important <laughs> a very important part of this that I feel must be mentioned is that <laughs> around the farm and stuff like there's a whole the people. village of Who people are these people? like a whole village of people where do they, they are find all them? living life like it's 1939 and they're all the outfits are so good though they really are like who did the outfits was it dr susan (laughs) we're about to meet dr susan pretty soon because nothing else happens 
Right. That's but, the thing about this show is that like it it is both a history lesson and then in tandem with the history lesson is just like absurd characters yeah, in the modern weird, world. Weird people. It's like people watching things. Yeah. So the man gives them the farm and then he shows them around. Nothing really happens, but there is a really funny part where he's introducing them to the pigs and one of I think it's Alex is like oh pigs so the guy's like these are the pigs yes these are the pigs yes for your sausages and whatnot that pig the one pig that he fed it looked like just a regular old like a pink pig you think of when you think of a farm pig but its face looked like a fucking dinosaur yeah, it was like head really was like all gnarly, like warthogish. Yeah, like its chin was all like forward and its nose was all like upturned. It did not seem right. I was like, well, that is some very English fucking. Its face thing. is not what it's bred for, though, Colleen. It's for its a uh, sausage meat. For that <laughs> meat. <laughs> oh, and then Ruth finds a milking machine, and she's like, "Oh, it has cups for the teats." Yeah, and the old man is like. Well, yeah, welcome like, to the modern age. Yeah, yeah. welcome to the modern age, girly. advances is that, oh, it really speeds up production because we can hook these. And when they, okay, when they first walk into, like, the cow area, too, he goes, oh, yeah, you can tell those are the milkers. Yeah. <laughs> because, and then it shows a shot of this cow's udders that are literally, like, scraping the ground the udders are hanging so low yeah oh god those are the milkers yeah but the main issue on the farm though is the the livestock are doing really well but Mm -hmm. it like costs money to feed them and it costs money also to like feed the people but germany has like blocked all of the ports theoretically in real life it's fine and it's not like a they're just pretending that they're going to starve. Yeah. But <laughs> the right. fields are too wet. So there's too much water. So what a they surprise. To- it's England. Have you ever heard of the Moors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Alex and Peter are like running around this field, pointing at each other, yelling measurements. And like, I don't know what the hell. They're, they're literally doing. walking around surveying for a solid 15 minutes of this episode. Like they're yeah, just walking around so in the annoying. field and like looking through their surveying sticks and being like, Oh, a little to the left, Alex. And he's like, okay. It is the most boring thing I've ever seen. While they're doing that, uh, Ruth is, since she's a woman, of course, she's doing like the home crap, like (laughs) the kitchen. But she meets this lady and she's introduced to us as Dr. Karen Sayer. And I'm like, what is she a doctor of? Because she's there helping Ruth set up like the kitchen and she gives her like an old timey magazine or a catalog. Uh And it has like an electric cooker and all this, I don't know, stove stuff in there. And Ruth is all excited about it. But then Dr. Karen is like, oh, but you don't have power here because we're off the grid. Um, So then they have to go to this like creepy dude named Philip. And he's like, oh, yes, I love this generator. It's impossible to kill. It's the best generator yeah, ever. And they literally say, like, you can beat the shit out of it. This <laughs> thing's impossible to kill. Yeah. He's really creepy. And, like, he probably makes bombs. Probably in his basement. 
<laughs> oh, oh, but then, okay. So after we have the like lengthy field scene for no reason where they're talking about irrigation and farming and whatever Stuff. bullshit that no one cares about other than maybe our mom. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom. There's another guy. I swear everyone's name is like Simon or Steve that we meet all of these random characters. Uh-huh. But the blacksmith guy is my favorite because he's like probably the most normal. Mm-hmm. And he and Peter just like bro out. <laughs> and they're yeah. making there's like a blacksmithing montage where there they're is. just like Which laughing. Is pretty, that was actually like yeah, that part was fun. I do have yeah. to admit that I fast forwarded through some of them just banging hot metal because I was like, I don't need to physically see this happen right in front of me, but it I was would- really cool. So, okay. So we're going to skip a little bit ahead because what they do is they like, they keep cutting, like kind of intercutting these scenes. So we get like, um, Peter with the blacksmith and then we go back to like Ruth with Dr. Karen of kitchen stuff, whatever she's a doctor of, mm-hmm. but <laughs> when they're doing one of the blacksmithing scenes Simon is like doing something and he's like here comes a hot rivet and it goes and it catches the mushrooms <laughs> what you didn't catch that part no he was like oh it catches the mushrooms and then they're both like oh like <laughs> what are so you excited. talking about I don't know what these terms are that it just shows Peter walking away from the building with a bunch of metal and it's like Peter is building a chassis to carry his mole subsoiler. <laughs> yeah, so their solution. I love the word chassis, by the way. Yeah. And I love that I they know. say it like 20 times in the it's episode. Like, yeah, they, they find a, a they find a smaller, heavier chassis. <laughs> but so they're building the reason that there's like a blacksmithing segment is to solve the wet field problem. They're yeah, like, yeah. we're going to blacksmith this tool that is going to like basically irrigate a hole through the field to like drain it out. And then meanwhile, yeah. what's the other guy's name? It's Peter Ruth and Alex. Alex is like out in the fields and he's like, oh, I want to get this. I got to get this grass down <laughs> to a nice carpet in time for the crops to sow he consults this lady named abigail who's like the cattle lady and -hmm. she's just like smacking this cow's ass like over yeah she's like she's a she's docile like a labrador yeah she's like her name her her name is debbie southern accent she's british she's a a lovely soppy labrador yes she said soppy i was like what is he soppy Do you want to know something sad though? What? I did. Um, this is a spoiler. This is a hot off the press <laughs> spoiler, spoiler for anyone who wants to uh, look further into the season. Um, Debbie does not die, the cow, but uh-huh. there's another cow who I believe is Debbie's sister and her name <gasps> is Sarah oh, and wow. she dies in like episode four and it's really sad because she was a good milker. <laughs> they all talk about that the world is so cruel is it not to take a good milker away from my sister but then alex says okay so they have to get the carpet lower carpet shorter he wants to cut the grass grass, basically and all he has is all these fucking cows so he He and this lady so hustle, (laughs) hustle the cows into the field and then they're like ah excellent 
they should be able to eat the grass down to the right height in about three weeks. Yeah, it's like, or you could just take a push mower. (laughs) And they keep talking about how they're on like a time crunch. And if they don't make it in time, then they're they're going to all starve to death. Sewn in time. So for them to be like, we've really got to hurry and then say, well, they should be done in about three weeks. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dr. Karen and Ruth are just like setting up light bulbs and then they go crashing to the ground and they're like cackling, laughing. Yeah. I'm like, and if she this sets was up a really stove. 1939, you wouldn't be laughing if you broke a light bulb that costs yeah. like as much like, as your dinner, if not more. God damn it. We're all going to die. Right. Like if it was, if it was my house in 1939, if it fell, I'd be like, Jesus Christ, God damn it. There's no way we're going to survive this thing. <laughs> yeah. But okay, so the cows are going to graze the field, whatever. Who cares? We meet a tractor expert and he's like actually like 90. Pete Dinks. Pete Dinks. Thanks. And he um, tells us all about this tractor and he says that it has a nice sprung seat. He was like, you've got a nice sprung seat there. Yeah, he told her her to... Fill up a fill up a sack with some straw and tie it on there. Makes it easier on the torch. A jute sack makes it much more comfortable on the bum. There you go. There you I go. thought I was worried because I thought he was actually like a hundred years old, and then he said he was seven when war broke out, and I was like, okay, so he's like ninety. Yeah, you're like that checks out. It's sad though because this is 2012, so he's probably dead now. He probably is, but. He left an impact. Yeah. At he, this he point. Gave them this tractor that is impossible to start. Yeah. Ruth tries to start it like 18 times. And then throughout the episode, they have to use the tractor like over and over and over again. They keep coming back and being like, and then they need to plow the fields yeah. in the night and like all this stuff. And they can't start the tractor like ever. No, because it's just dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't even really. I don't know. This is the point in the show where I wrote down, this show is like if Oregon Trail were LARPing. Yeah, it really is. Except like 1939. Except just stationary instead of on a trail. World War II LARPing is like the worst kind of LARPing because it's just like, we're going to get bombed. We have no food. There's rats everywhere. There's an episode. (laughs) I hate to bring in these spoilers, but it just, it's so ridiculous. And I didn't watch the whole season. I just like kind of fast forwarded through for like Mm -hmm. random moments. There's an episode that's dedicated to it's half of the episode is dedicated to the rat problem on the farm. And the other half of the episode is with the pigeon man who like teaches them about pigeons. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I saw one time. I'm (laughs) down. It's also like a hundred years old and he's really kind of creepy because he just lives with all the pigeons and he's like the pigeon expert, but they bring him in and he's like, yeah, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember him saying that he was like, yeah, one time I saw a pigeon. I saw two pigeons actually come back with notes from France in like 1944. I'm like, wow. great. So you saw this happen successfully twice. So now we're going to dedicate like three months to training pigeons. Yeah, he was like, one time in 1944, I found a couple birds with stuff tied to their legs. So yeah. the rest I'd of them, I'm an expert. The other I'd say I'm an expert. 
Oh, yes. So back to this episode. Yeah. Then war begins officially in the episode. They like play the announcement over the radio. Announcement over the radio from Chamberlain. And I love that. I don't know whose reaction to this, but one of them goes, on a beautiful summer day like this? Uh, Yeah. War on a beautiful summer day such as this? Like, unheard of. What a British sentence. Cue the gas mask expert named Steve. Like, everyone's name is fucking Steve. Or Peter. Or Peter. He's, he's here to teach them about gas masks because apparently they thought that the Nazis would invade with poison gas. Wonder yeah. where they got that idea. And so they literally sent a gas mask to every single man, woman, and child in England. Yeah. And they were like, here's how you use your gas mask. This guy's kind of like the weird generator guy. And I I don't I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I don't feel good about him. He made me feel weird, but he was there for such a short period of time. He, he just came in and gave them gas, and he had like a collection of vintage or antique gas masks. It was a very quick, it was a flash in the pan in what was the drama of this episode. Yeah. So then they test out their equipment. It breaks. In reality, they would all die and have no wheat and no food. Pretty much. So instead, they decide to meet with another local expert named Steve, and he's the expert of the auxiliary war unit of the area of like Southampton or wherever they are. And Mm -hmm. he's just he loves role play. So he's very serious and he's like doing um, they're in like a dark, a dimly lit like bar. I'm assuming it's on the farm somewhere. They've set up this like right. set up um, with like he's a real lanterns. Sort of serving like he's playing a character in The Godfather. Or like he thinks he is. He's like, do you think you could kill a man in cold blood? And then Al- Alex kind of, I feel like Alex serves this energy where he like kind of hates everyone, but still like loves doing this. I, yeah. I don't know. So he's like, ooh that's tough (laughs) i'm like is he being sarcastic like or is he just humoring this guy or is he being serious i don't know that scene was very strange because that again i was like so what's happening here like is this is it now going from a reenactment to it's an enactment like yeah I don't understand what level of role-playing is involved here. It's kind of like on the History Channel when you're watching like a documentary and it has like the the reenactments, but they're not talking. Right. This was like they're actually talking and just saying weird things. Yeah. Um, He also, did you notice the paper he hands them? The official secret secret act. So there was an auxiliary army, like Helen was saying, that was basically like any of the farmers or men who were at home were like part of this secret auxiliary army. And so as part of their recruitment, they had to sign this, what was it called? The Secrets Act? The Official Secrets Secrets Act. Act. They had to sign the Official Secrets Act. and And they basically just said they wouldn't tell anyone that they were basically like on hold they were like on reserve essentially like if if the nazis were to invade that part of the country then like they would stand up and fight and they had like 
guns or weapons like hidden on their farms or something basically right um, yeah but i love that they just called it the official secrets act because that seems like so such fake. a horrible <laughs> thing to name what all your secrets are the it official like secrets act but we can't we tell kids, you what they are it sounds like when we were kids and we would play spies that's like what mm-hmm. we would come up with and i would make it look like really accurate and i do like a little wax seal and like you know when you're in like fifth grade and you do um, a book report like one time I made one look like a a newspaper from the potato famine and I uh-huh. look like a lighter and, and like the edges, the edges <laughs> to oh. make it look authentic <laughs> and tea stained it yeah that's what this man does oh yes oh and then they have to plow at night so that's the whole thing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So dirty. They say that they have to plow at night because if they if they only work during the day, they'll never plow the fields in time. Yes, and then apparently around this time there were like uh, posters put all around the town that were encouraging um, people of the area to plow at night. So it was like. We encourage you to plow at night. <laughs> it was like, don't there's stop just posters. It cuts to like a shot of a poster that they clearly made for this episode. Yeah, that like says plow, plow at night. Yeah. And I just love to imagine those signs everywhere. And they're really serious know. about it. And the, Alex turns to the camera and he's whispering and he's like, obviously, this was not something I think people did willingly, really, but unfortunately we're going to have to keep at it and plow through this night. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he turns to Ruth and he's like, good job, Ruth, keep going. We're plowing. <laughs> we're plowing through the night, Ruth. <laughs> keep going, Ruth. We're plowing through the night. Yeah, and then they play really heroic music as they do it. Right, and then when they finish like the end of that scene is like a voiceover. I can't remember if it's one of them or if it's a voiceover. But they say, at this rate, hopefully we'll be finished by the end of the month. Yeah. And it's like, you guys are literally plowing all day and all night. And you can't get it done in less than a month. In this tractor that doesn't work. And it takes you like an hour just to start it. And then it keeps stalling. I love the footage of them trying to get it started because they're so annoyed and frustrated by it. And it's hilarious to watch. I know, but it's like, you guys are doing this to yourselves and you're just doing this like for fun. Like, how do you, I, I, I I can't, it's, they're doing it for their 15 minutes of fame. It's a lot. There's also a weird, okay. So the boys have their fun, like reenactment scenes where they're doing the secret auxiliary unit stuff with the LARPing mm-hmm. guy so and Ruth the, still the, wants to have her like LARPing moment so she's in this like garden shed with a fake phone and fake radio that doesn't really work and she's pretending to like decode messages, messages. on the radio and then she takes like a pe- she goes out to pick berries with her dad at some point was who that was a boy thing? during the war that was a little earlier but yeah she like yeah, but she like picks bear it's it's not important but when she no. comes back she has like a folded up piece of paper and just like slips it between some random like stones and the she's wall. like and she's they're like, like ruth delivers a secret message as part of her mission like no she doesn't yeah she literally <laughs> just slips paper. paper in between two 
pieces of wood. It's like a clue on Survivor. So is the other military, wait, so they meet back up. Is it Jerry? Is it Gerald, the same military guys before? Or is this a different guy? This is a different guy who's like actually an army guy. So like the first guy was just like a recruited guy and he was wearing like a button down, like nice. He was the auxiliary unit expert though. Wasn't he that guy? I don't know. I thought this guy looked different. He seemed older and more gray haired to me. I have a thing where all middle-aged white men look the same to me. Unless I meet them like they pretty much do. Unless I meet them like a few times. But yeah, yeah, this guy, they all get in costumes at this point. And Uh, go out and play. The women are not invited. Yeah, so they go in the woods to play army. And um this guy has a bunker and he like is really excited to show them his bunker. Mm -hmm. and so they go with him into his bunker which I'm like this is how you get kidnapped and murdered guys like don't go into this going into anyone's bunker doesn't sound like this man is really into the role play of it all and it's kind of like he's very into it and I (laughs) was like suspecting that he doesn't just do this with his friends this is like what he does in his all aspects of life like a psycho because he's in the bunker with them and it's dark in there because they're they of course have to be you know authentic right of and course the, the realism <laughs> helen this guy's name is jerry though gerald and he turns to them and he's whispering and he's like i really want to give hitler a nasty surprise <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna come up behind him and blow up his petrol dumps we're gonna blow up his livestock blow up his tanks <laughs> and they're like look at him like, this isn't what? real right they're just like at one point they zoom in on alex's face and he's just staring and blinking at this man like, <laughs> like, like why did we get this guy where's the other guy what the hell I they go into into the woods and and they set up (laughs) they're running around like they're actually trying to do like reconnaissance and they're like we'll go up on the ridge we'll go up on the ridge and we'll take them by surprise we'll take them by he has a grenade is it I hope it's not like a real grenade. It's just like a flash grenade or something. They say, yeah. So he has like this grenade and then they have all these military guns. And he's like, it's not actually a grenade. It's like a fake, like a flash grenade or something. Yeah, like like a fog. It makes a noise, but it doesn't like do anything. Yeah. So when they do the drill, (laughs) they set off the grenade and it goes off. And then they all jump up out of the trees and they're holding their guns. But instead of actually shooting them, they go, Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, they bang, say bang, 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 bang. And they're just running around like little boys. So funny. <laughs> and then they, they like get to the bottom of this hill in the woods and they're kind of out of breath. And Jerry turns to them and he's so excited. He's like, see what I did there? I used the grenade and it adds tension and realism. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what he says to his wife. And it the adds tension <laughs> and realism. That's why I pulled out the handcuffs. It adds tension and realism. It adds realism. (laughs) I also loved in that scene, like the voiceover guys talking about 
what people like what the real people would do and he was like historically farmers would sometimes end up working 17 hour days as a farmer by day and a spy by night like i think they were just farming though <laughs> right i'm like tbh In a 17 area? hour day and i'm not getting paid like jack fucking shit i'm getting paid like what i'm growing miss me with that shit uh, yeah i'm not spying for on anybody country, helen for queen and country <laughs> I don't think they were running around the woods for fun. I think they were just like, if the Nazis come here, I guess we'll just, we'll shoot them if we have to. But I mean, I just want to eat. <laughs> I just want some bread. Or they were sneaking off in the woods to um, explore their homosexual urges, which I think is also a possibility. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, no, that was the other seven hours of the day. Yeah, of the show. Seven, 17 hours was working. And then, uh, yeah, seven hours was just, like, doing, exploring fucking. their urges. <laughs> <laughs> it was just fucking. I don't know if I did that math right, but I think I did. You know I can't do math, so there's no point really asking me. <laughs> Yeah. Then the the show ends. Um, yeah, they wrap up very quietly with Ruth with making Ruth. some bacon and bananas. She finds an authentic nineteen thirties cookbook, and she's making fried bananas and bacon. And then she was like, "This is quite the treat because in a few years we won't be able to get bananas because of the embargoes or whatever. None of the banana boats are going to come over." And like Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> she's talking about it like in a few like years, ruth like, this is 2012 okay. you could go to the grocery store and get all the bananas <sighs> you want bitch yeah yeah and then they kind of like they eat the bananas and bacon and they listen to the radio and they listen to churchill's like famous dunkirk like motivational speech yes. or whatever so, so battles are actually going to happen which yeah. makes you think that more shit is going to happen in the next episodes like it's going to get more intense but nothing um, ever does no Nothing ever. I mean, because it's just a wartime farm. It's not wartime war. Nothing really Wartime fighting a war. Nothing happens until episode four. And that's when the cow dies. Mm -hmm. And then Alex goes into a mine with a random Scottish man. And what? Peter has to like feel up a bunch of pigs to see if they're ready for. for sausages or not so he usually has to like feel like the 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 lady shows him how to like feel the pigs so he's just like squeezing the pigs like bellies and like it's it's really weird that's very weird (laughs) um yeah episode six there that's the episode where it's like half rat problem half pigeons Mm -hmm. oh no the pigeons are in episode seven sorry i combine those two Episode six is half rat problem, half Peter rounding up children to uh, use a bunch of pitchforks in a graveyard to harvest grass. That's seriously what happens. <laughs> They're using child labor I have in a graveyard. So many questions. No reason. How did yeah, this that- get made? I mean, I guess it's very low budget, but it seems like it I took a lot know. of work to put Episode together. Seven is the pigeon one. That was my favorite. And then, yeah, it's part about the pigeon guy. And then there's a random part where a guy emerges from the woods carrying a canvas. And he's like, as you might guess, I'm an artist. (laughs) He pops out 
yes you may have yes they're like hi they're like hello can we help you episode eight uh they like harvest wheat oh finally but it's like it's not really a lot and it's not really usable but whatever and then they sing uh for he's a jolly good fellow and then they all go home (laughs) they're like we did it huzzah that's wartime farm that's amazing what a journey it really is. How would you rate it uh, out of 10? Give it your Colleen score. I would give it like, it's hard because this is like the first score I'm giving in yeah. life. So, and it's, so it's hard it's to so put it in perspective. Yeah. But honestly, like, okay, is one like bad and 10 is good? Yeah. Or because this is the worst thing I ever watched is 10 bad and one Ooh, yeah let's do it like that where 10 is bad okay so I'd give it like an eight yeah me too I really enjoyed it and I think it's because our mom made us watch so many things like this as a kid yeah the most that, negative like, like so bad I had about it was honestly just that I thought it was boring yeah no it was really boring but there's just like random moments that are hilarious and I think yeah. that's what, it's like bad good yeah um, but only if you're into making fun of people Otherwise, you'd have no fun. No. And if you like history, you might genuinely like it and find it entertaining. Yeah, but it's like farming. It's like farming history mostly. Yeah. Which I'm not really that into. Can't say. Can't say it's ever crossed my mind before. I'd give it a six for bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. On IMDb, it has an 8.5. Wow. Out of 10. That's speaking good. That's, for, that's a good score. Damn. That's mm-hmm. a really good score. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you for tuning in to The Worst Thing I Ever Watched. I'm Colleen. And I'm Helen. And we'll catch you next time for another episode of Entertainment and Terror? Probably. Or- Maybe Boredom. Who knows what lies in store, but we shall find out (laughs) next time on The Worst Thing I Ever Watched. Bye. Bye.